You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You're running around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke Hello. and Kate Abbott. How do And if you hear heavy breathing in the background, it's, it's not... Kate. It's <laughs> It's not us being weird. All six, uh, seven of our dogs went for a run before we sat down to record this, and so there's lots of heavy breathing in the background. <laughs> We're not being weird, I promise. <laughs> well, we are, but just not about the heavy breathing. <laughs> yeah. All right, so our subject today is we want to talk about the idea of resilience in our dogs, of bounce back. And I think a good definition of that is if our dogs face a challenge of some kind, they don't become overwhelmed with it. They react to it, but then bounce back to a more normal state. Recovery. Recovery, right. I think a good example of that that I've mentioned in other podcasts is when I adopted Cisco, he was from Arizona. I brought him to suburban San Diego. He'd never seen the ocean, never seen boats, sea lions, or anything to do with suburban San Diego. And the first time we went for a walk at Oceanside Harbor and he heard a sea lion, he, well... He, backwards. <laughs> yeah. The startle was quite extreme. Mom, there's a weird dog in the water. <laughs> but with my help, a little bit of encouragement, a few treats popped in his nose, giving him time to watch and look and smell and hear the sea lion again. He recovered. And we went on a walk, and he still is fascinated by them. He has... He just thinks they're the weirdest creatures on the planet. They are pretty weird, but he has good recovery. And they smell funny. And they smell funny. They smell funny. Sound <laughs> like dogs that smell funny. They're in the water. Yeah. <laughs> the water. So I think I think being able to help our dogs bounce back from a startle or a challenge is is a very good skill. Especially for fearful, anxious dogs anyway, Mm -hmm. who carry a lot of anxiety, and it's not hard to tip them over. Right, and Cisco is a somewhat anxious dog. So teaching them this, and we cannot keep them in a cocoon or cotton ball, so we have to teach them to deal with life's adversities, even if it's just a sea lion barking in the harbor. Right. Practicing so that... Courage and, and taking things with a blom that's experiencing a lot of stuff at an early age. They not all of our dogs have had that. Right. So now they need to learn those coping mechanisms. Right. And they can be taught. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how much we exper- we show them the world or different experiences until I got Poncho. 
So you're going to hear about Poncho. He's my new puppy. He's an English Shepherd, actually half brother to Bones. And having a puppy again, you got you forget these things. It's like oh, you just walk past something, and you know your our adult dogs go by, no problem. The puppy goes whoa, stop, <laughs> freeze. What is that? You know, and maybe worried about it, and you had to show them. What it's did okay. he startle at the other day? There was something here in the Kindred Spirits training yard. He started. Yeah, I was trying to think of that. I know he did something recently. Hobby horse. No, No. I remember what it was. But anyway, you did exactly that. You gave him a chance to sniff it. You touched the thing, the item. Look at this. Put a treat on it. Praised him for being brave when he went up there. And then he was all casual. Oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't worried about that. (laughs) Yeah, I got it. Very good. Yeah, it's part of the joy of a puppy is seeing the world anew. Yes, yeah, their eyes. Yep, exactly. And part of the responsibility of owning a puppy is teaching them how to cope with this new world. Mm Mm-hmm. Great fun. Mm Mm-hmm. And keeps you on your toes too. A lot of awareness. (laughs) Yeah. But I think what we were talking about is of teaching it is there's also a difference between an exemplary breeder. Yeah who introduces the puppies to these things. And Bones and Poncho's breeder is exactly that. She sends videos out of the things that the puppies are exposed to. Different surfaces under their feet, stuff to crawl on, things to smell, things to see and hear. She takes and introduces them because they're herding dogs to ducks. I think Bones and Poncho both had been to see ducks three mm-hmm. times before they left. Yeah, And... Imagine what a duck is like to a baby puppy. A six, seven-week-old puppy. A duck is a really (laughs) weird thing. I mean, personally, as an adult human being, I think ducks are pretty strange. And even if they never see another duck in their life, what they have done is experience something scary and then learn how to cope with that scariness. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's not like when I was walking my dogs one day at the beach that they had ever, ever, ever been up close to someone playing the bagpipes. Yeah. (laughs) But on that day in the beach, there was a guy down there playing his bagpipes to the ocean. Probably because his neighbors all kicked him (laughs) out and said, go away. (laughs) And probably in California, could you find that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he was wearing board shorts instead of his kilt. But anyway. So, yeah, I mean, they come along, a man, he's got this strange contraption in his arms, he's moving his arm for the bellow and issuing these strange noises, and they stopped and went, what? And then looked at me, and I went, yeah, it's okay, but just leave it alone. And they went, all right, moved on. Yeah. So, if you have a chance with a young puppy, get him out there and experience as much as possible, and then have a good conclusion to it. So they learn how to deal with that that racing heart, the adrenaline rush, the fear. What should I do? Should I run away? Should I attack? And then teach them how to deal with those feelings. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes what I call bounce back Mm -hmm. um, recovery. So we've got a couple things here. We've got, well, we've got basically three. We've got baby puppy. We've got older puppy like Cisco and Quill. We each adopted those a little bit older. Then we have a newly adopted dog. And then we have the long, that's four, long-time family dog that perhaps comes across something new. And I think each has a slightly different approach to those things. A long-time family dog who's already bonded to you, already trusts you, 
and has been exposed to things, well socialized, is probably going to have a much quicker bounce back because we've got that relationship. When you say to them it's okay, they already have that trust in you to, to believe you. Right. Bashir, who's my oldest boy, is not afraid of much at all, but he hates water. Yeah. And if forced to, for whatever reason, endure <laughs> water, he will trust me. He'll talk about it and call me dirty names, but he'll endure it, and then his recovery is very quick. Yeah. I mean, the the worst case scenario is he barks at me and calls me four letter names <laughs> and dog talk. Yeah, but there's a quick seen that. <laughs> yeah, there's a quick bounce back. A newly adopted adult dog. We've got to talk about that relationship because it takes a while for an adult dog. Yeah, they don't to have f- that trust yet, right? Their new owners. You can use teaching them bounce back to help build trust mm-hmm. if it's done right. Mm-hmm. And then that's great because that becomes a self-feeding thing. As they trust you more, you can teach them more bounce back. And it builds. It's if you... So let's let's talk about that. Yeah. If How you to do that. So something... Well, with my girl that I lost a few months ago. She was very fearful when I got her. I mean, all it took was me waving a spatula around. <laughs> talking with her, your hands. Talking with my hands while I was cooking. I waved that spatula, turned toward her. She shook, peed, and fell down in the pee, utterly sure she was about to die. So I said, okay, this is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So uh, put the spatula down on the ground, moved to her, and there's a fine line between consoling and sympathy that feeds the fear and helping them calm down and relax enough to think. And I don't really know how to describe that verbally without showing it. It's tough. We see a lot of, on the dog trainer chat groups and email lists and on Facebook, see a lot of dog trainers and behaviors saying, it's okay to you're not going to hurt your dog if you console him when he's afraid. You're not going to hurt him if you console him for his fear. And I think console is the wrong word. We don't want to Praise the dog for being afraid, but yet we want to support the dog and say, I'm here with you, I will make sure nothing bad happens to you, and life's okay. So I think there's, like you say, that fine line between we don't want to praise the fear, but yet we do want to give the dog our support. And there is another aspect of that that I consider lying to the dog when somebody runs over and starts petting in a, a fairly frantic fashion, going, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it's almost like feeding into at the it. Dog, well, at, for the dog, right, at that, that moment, it's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. So to... And then you're frantically petting it on top of it. Which in corp- is telling them, you're filled with fear too. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so this is obviously wrong. Why are you telling me it's okay? So you need to acknowledge that, yes, something wrong just happened. One of the things that I do with my dogs, and I think I I do it kind of just as a matter of habit, is when my dogs are worried or afraid or hurt, I want them to come to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want them to run. I don't want them to, you know, there's that fight or flight. Mm -hmm. I want them to come to me, find me. And I, with the puppies that I raise, like, bones most recently i teach them that as a baby puppy Mm -hmm. and you know mama's hands make all wounds go away 
And so if they stub a toe or twist something, massage, massage, you're a good boy, look at this, you'll feel better. And it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's soothing, but it's matter of fact. And then, okay, you're all done, you can do it. And when I can build that trust, even with Cisco, who was very fearful, come to me. And I think that's a huge trust issue. You come to me when you're hurt. You come to me when you're scared. You come to me with anything. You will never, ever be punished or chastised or anything if you come to me. Coming to me is the best thing you can do. So I'm trying to think back step to step. So when Gina was cowering on the floor, I put the spatula, the scary thing, down. Mm -hmm. I moved away from the spatula and just a little bit behind her. And then said, okay, come on over here. Okay, so to we'll give her a, a chance to escape a little bit. Coming to me equaled escaping mm-hmm. the scary thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I did not demand that she move toward me and the scary thing at that mm-hmm. part. She, she wasn't ready for that. Mm-mm. She wouldn't have been able to. She wouldn't have been able to. Yeah. Set him up to succeed, not fail. Right. So by moving away and then encouraging, yeah, it's okay. Come on over here. Let's get you cleaned up. Calm down. You're all right. That told her it was okay to move A to me and away. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 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 I sometimes see people still doing the, oh, that's fine. Get over here. Come over here and look at this. This won't hurt you. And we see that quite often. It's like, no. And like with you, Gina, to me, it's, it's you pull her away from it and she can calm down and get her brain back. Right. You know? Get her brain back. Understand Fear releases things. adrenaline, yes, which is a drug. The brain down. is simply not thinking. Right. And you cannot teach when they're in that panic. Mm-mm. Make it worse. So you have to deal with the panic, fear, shutdown, quivering, all of that. Then you can go back to scary thing mm-hmm. and teach them how to cope with all that feelings. Now, over the rest of her lifetime, Gina gained a lot of confidence. She always had that little bit of startle reflex. Startle. And and Cisco's always going to be a little anxious. But He's, people are like that, too. You can come up behind some person and poke them and go, boo, and they go, wah! And yeah. other people, you poke them, they go, what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. So, I wasn't saying it as a critique. Yeah, no, just no, a, no, no. But uh, it's to understand that genetics and yeah. all plays in. And mm-hmm. with dogs, early mm-hmm. socialization. Mm-hmm. And what they grew up expecting. He's awesome with sheep. Yeah. Two herding instinct testers asked me if I'd neutered him and said damn when I said yes. <laughs> and those are big animals moving fast. Yeah. And he has no okay fear there that. at all. Yeah. It's uh, it's the things that he wasn't exposed to as a puppy. And that's the thing about fear, though. It's so often irrational. Right. Right. I mean, if we yeah. know something is dangerous... Then we're, we can be cautious and give it a wide berth, but we don't have to be afraid. It's the unknown. Right. Yeah, exactly. Sea lions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, when I came home with Poncho, he was terrified of the horse. Oh, sure. He's never seen my He'd horse. He'd been exposed to ducks, but ducks. not horses. They're a little bit bigger. <laughs> and I remember the very first time just walking to go feed, he saw the big black horse and he peed. That's right. <laughs> you know? So I was like, all right. So we kept a little distance, let him get comfortable, and the routine continued, you know, twice a day. Right now he's right by my side, right up to the corral. We feed, he looks at the horse, you know. And now. I bet Raz could go, <laughs> 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 and Poncho's like, eh. yeah, okay. uh, no big deal. Well, I mean, geez, the puppy, when he first came home, he wasn't a whole lot bigger than one hoof. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> 
But the whole process of introducing new stuff can help you determine your dog's personality. Mm-hmm. So you can modify it. You can help them learn coping skills. I mean, Walter's always going to be startle attack. Whereas <laughs> yes. Cisco will, will always be startle dash. Right. And as long as I can make sure the dash is to me, mm-hmm. then we can control it. Right. Although he, he now, now that he's four, he does often tend to... Also, just go to the side and sit and think about it. Yeah. Which is also fine with me. Right. Because he's not running away. He's sitting and going, huh, how should I handle that? Okay. Is that dangerous or is it not? And I consider that pretty darn good bounce back. And he's actually working on his own coping skills there. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's resilience and resilience that he didn't have before. Now, Bones, there's not a whole lot that startles him. <laughs> No. And, you know, he gets such an adrenaline just from running. Yeah. I'm not sure he'd notice the fear of adrenaline. No. It would be like, cool, another adrenaline high. All right. Three dogs, and they're all three so very, very different. A analogy that makes sense to me. It's not even my analogy, but I heard it um, second or third hand from someone. So they were talking about a massage therapist. And having a sore muscle, a knot, a knot in a muscle. And using the analogy that that knot in the muscle was like an emotional problem. So if you leave a knotted muscle alone, it does not get better. It actually continues to solidify and get worse. If you leave fear alone, it builds. So the analogy was on a knotted muscle, you put pressure on that knot. And it can be a little uncomfortable, even Mm -hmm. painful. Put pressure on until you have created a reaction in that knot, created that uncomfortable feeling for one, two, three, and then let go and let there be some recovery time. So as the knotted muscle stretches out and starts to learn to relax, so does the dog learn I can have uncomfortableness and I can help myself relax from it too. The hard part is figuring out where the distance is. Yeah. That's the hard part. How long do you keep pressure on? Yeah, yeah. With Cisco and the sea lion, we just stopped right there. And the sea lion was in the water. The sea lion was probably 50, 75 yards from us. But they've got a loud bark, and it reverberates down at the harbor. So we just stayed right there long enough that... I could talk to Cisco, and he was backed up to my leg, so he wasn't trying to go anywhere. But let him sniff and see and smell. and. So you stayed right there where the um, sea lion was putting the pressure on. Right, right. You stayed in that moment with him right. and supported him through that pressure. Right. And then when he relaxed, then we walked away. And that became part of the reward. Right. Whew. Yeah, he survived that, and then you got happy with it. And then he got praised, and, and wow, look at that. That was so weird. Turn that uh, adrenaline from fear into happiness. Okay, right. yeah. And the other big part of that was that I hope he, he realized was he was backed up to my legs. I was there. I was supporting him. He wasn't facing it by himself. Right, right. You did not get in between them and say, eh, go away. No. You just said, okay, we can deal with this We can together. deal with this, yeah. 
the sea lion's far enough away, he's not going to eat you, and he doesn't like to eat dogs anyway. It is a a bit of a tightrope to read the puppy dog and how much support, how much you can then... In class, in puppy class, we have a segment where we bring down things that might cause the puppies to be fearful and have the owners practice. Yeah. An upside-down umbrella, animatronic toys, things that make noise, things that look funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some kind of startle reflex. So the owners get to practice how to help their puppy respond to it appropriately. So deal with first the getting them calmed down, and then... What I ask the owners to is once the puppy is no longer panicking, then the owners step forward to a safe object, even if it's scary to the puppy, and um, say, oh, look, I can touch it. Oh, look, it gives out treats and throw the jolly party and bolster the puppy's courage to take that step on their own, not dragging them to it, but to say, yeah, actually, this is something that's okay. And I think that's an important point that we haven't stressed a lot enough yet is don't drag your puppy to the fearful thing that's a betrayal of our trust before i start that segment i say okay now how many of you are 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 scared of snakes okay pretend i got a snake in my hand get over here and touch it yeah right yeah i'd be like no Uh (laughs) or a spider for petra But we do the same thing in the um, basic class. We do our skills course. There Uh are some scary objects. I mean, it could be just a A wobble board. The wobble board or the whirly gig that just spins. And we do have some animatronic toys out there. And the same thing. Even the adult dogs dragging. And we say, everyone's like, get over here. And we've seen that. Like, stop. No. No, no. That's not how we do it. Put yourself in your puppy dog's paws. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and help them learn to trust you and cope with it, not just man up. Exactly. <laughs> Although it's not always the guys. It's not always. The, right. It is kind of predominantly the guys. But we've seen the women do it too. We see, we see some women that put that tight leash on and just march in. It's hard to explain to people that the tight leash is not confidence. The tight leash is not tight leash is not a training tool. Right. <laughs> if you're dragging... It's just tension, and it means you're just giving tension from you to the dog. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's pressure. you're being worried about something. Yeah. Mom's not comfortable. And that's kind of a side note, but people that can create tension in yeah. their dogs. <laughs> we had a woman come to the start of a new class, and she was very worried that her dog was going to react to the other dogs in classes. And so I asked her if I could take the dog and walk it around the class. I saw a very relaxed, interested in the other dogs, but not, you know, no, no lunging, no just, no, oh, look, there's no, a dog. yeah, nice And dog. I walked back and I said, there's, you know, your dog has no anxiety about these other dogs. As we chatted, I watched her unknowingly creep down the leash until she had the dog in a chokehold with the leash. Yeah. At which point the dog did look anxious. Yeah, if I was being choked, I'd be anxious too. <laughs> when you're walking your toes. So hopefully yeah. she is. She. This is a fairly recent adoptee of an older dog, uh, adult dog. That she's come to us soon enough to stop that. Otherwise, she could create a dog who says, every time mom and I see another dog, uh-huh. 
Mom gets exactly. worried. I guess I better start getting worried. Exactly. She could create that anxiety. Yes. End yeah. up with a dog that does lunge at other dogs who says, every time I see another dog, my mom gets worried. Get away from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So she's she's got in, individual homework this first week. <laughs> <laughs> Just to keep that leash loose. Now, another point that we haven't talked about yet, we talked about fight or flight, but what about the dog that does run? We had a dog in, in our intermediate class that when they came in... This, and Ivy's still a young dog. Yeah, this past week. She's in adolescence. She's under a year. I think she's between 11 and 12 months old. They were in a new situation, and a vehicle with a very loud engine scared her. Really, really scared her. And they had been, mom and her husband and the dog had been relaxing, and mom didn't have a good grip on the leash. And the dog panicked and ran. Now, that's that flight instinct. Unfortunately, she ran into traffic. She didn't get hit. But, of course, <laughs> the mom is saying, my throat is still sore from screaming for her. Now, the dog did come back and was okay and wasn't hit by a car, but only because they already had a good bond and trust. And as soon as the dog could think again, she heard her owner's she wanted her voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So first was the panic, the unthinking panic. Right. I'm going to die. That machine is going to kill me. It probably sounded, you know, like a big grizzly bear. Right. And she panicked. But then, when she was able to think, she came back. Who was very happy. Yes. Very happy. And she's still young enough that the panic was a little greater than it might have been. Right. So that's a case of they already had the bond and the trust. The dog has already been taught some bounce back. But... That sudden startle panic that was a big, sent her off. That was a big yeah, one. Yeah. And I told her owner she did everything right except hold the leash tighter next time. You know, accidents happen. Yeah. yeah but I told her that her response to it was perfect. What she did afterwards was just fine. That she it was, greeted her happily upon her return. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Her husband wasn't quite so thrilled. But mom took over the situation and greeted her happily. Didn't scold her. So mom did everything she was supposed to do. It was simply an accident. It wasn't a flaw in the dog. It wasn't a flaw in their relationship. It just, it happened. And thank goodness she wasn't hit by a car. She wasn't hurt. And then mom greeted her happily and all was well. Other than the fact that mom was a nervous wreck. Now, if mom was really worried about this, I would say, okay, mom, you've got a nod of your own. And frankly, I would then go search out that opportunities. Mm-hmm. A truck stop. Uh-huh. And then that becomes counter-conditioning mm-hmm. for both mom and puppy. Yeah. And counter-conditioning is walking as close up to the edge before you go over the cliff into panic. Right. And that's going to vary from moment to moment, dog to dog, stimulus to stimulus. But you say they ever go to that truck stop and start quite a ways out. And move forward to those growly engines. Right. And mom needs to do confidence and Uh happy and jolly and treats. Some cookies. And work. Yes. To keep puppy, keep her young dog in that thinking frame of mind. And to keep mom in that thinking frame of mind. So sits and lay downs. And tricks. And And tricks. Yeah. And keeping that bond. This bond will keep us safe. This is what you should be doing. 
at the same time walking close to the edge, then walk away and let her absorb that message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then do it again later on, but you know, not, not to the point of exhaustion, right? but to the point of the puppy dog walking away going, boy, there was another one of those big, rally, scary things, and I coped with it today. Yep. And I went to mom. Yes. So actively seeking it out. Things that would bother Gina, I would try to recreate, but do it under control. Right. Where I could try as much as possible to control the uh, other aspects. Right. Whatever was scary. Right. Would be in my control. Or someone that I trust its control. Anyway. Well, I hope that gave you something to think about as far as fear... Puppy raising, newly adopted dog, resilience, bounce back, relationship building. It's really, it's all intertwined. Mm -hmm. It's all a part of it. But I think having some resilience to life's foibles and scaries and bounce back, both for dog and owner, is a tremendous skill. It's pretty well necessary unless you're just going to go around always be on the edge of losing your your mind or your puppy dog losing their mind. And it can be a tremendous opportunity to develop a really strong bond. And trust. Trust. That's synonymous to me with bond. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, yeah, it is. The first time that Cisco was startled and came back and sat on my feet. Yes, that's a bond, but it was also trust. Okay, you're not going to let anything happen to me. Exactly. And that's wonderful. All right, well, that's it. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.